And welcome to another episode of Per My Last Email. You've got Iron Mike, you've got Papa Ganoush taking you through. And uh, Ganoush, I got some big news for uh, for our audience. Uh, you want me to share? Absolutely, I want you to share. Tell us all about it. So I am happy to announce that I am an engaged man. I have been engaged uh, for 10 days now, and it has been awesome. You know, I was always engaged in my schoolwork and my work, but now being engaged to a woman, it's almost a different kind of engagement. And, and I tell you, the feeling is real. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. Like, like the third bowl of porridge. I'm, I'm just right. At so let's time. share the tea, dude, or spill the tea. Absolutely. The details. So, so what? a little, discl- uh, a little bit of background to, uh, to our audience, uh, I have been dating my lovely now fiance, uh, Sweet Dana. We'll refer to her as Sweet Dana for a little over three years. Uh, we met on Bumble. So, gentlemen and ladies, there is hope out there for you on the dating apps. Uh, we've been living together since uh, this past March, and the timing really just felt right. Uh, so, uh, last Friday, I took her outside of our apartment. Our apartment is uh, right on the Hudson River in lovely lower Manhattan. Uh, I had a photographer uh, stationed in kind of a sneaky area to snap the candid photos uh, while I was gone. Uh, Two of my good friends who I hope are listening to this podcast uh, went into our apartment and they threw rose petals and put bottles of champagne out. Uh, We came back. Uh, had a nice drink by ourselves, and then we had some more friends uh, surprise us and toast to our good health and wonderful engagement. And then we had a yummy sushi dinner at uh, this place called Nobu in the city. Highly recommend it. 10 out of 10. That's awesome, Um, man. So when you got down on one knee, pretend that I'm Dana. I want you to tell me exactly. Well, you looked into her eyes. What did you say? I did. So I was pretty, I was pretty nervous, you know, like they always say like, like, obviously I I knew I was going to do it and and, and she's the one and, you know, you, you know, you, you, you knew that going into it, but like, you want to just make sure that the setting, the ambiance, that everything's right. And so thankfully we didn't have any like weather issues, weather was perfect. So I had actually told her to make a reservation at the same sushi joint a week after, um, I was going to get engaged to her. So she thought it was coming the following week. And then I sneakily made a reservation for that same Friday. But so we get out of the apartment, we go down right by the river. I'm kind of walking and I just turn to her and I look at her and her, her lovely eyes. And I say, Hey, sweet Dana, I have, I have a question for you. And she goes, what, what's that iron Mike? And I bent down and did a, did a little 180 degree pivot and, and, and took that knee, you know, like the victory formation, like, you know, playing like a champion. And uh, I asked, will you spend the rest of your life with me? Wow, yes. that's that's smooth. Did you guys you know, jump into the Hudson River and go skinny dipping like Tom Hanks and Splash afterwards? Uh, we would, but there were too many dead bodies. So now it's just constantly full of dead bodies. Uh, but the, the smell from them, you know, uh, it was just great, you know, right after I, uh, I put the ring on. And, and then all of the, the smelly homeless people that line all the streets and garbage everywhere in New York City. Just Did you both cry or, or, or not? just you cry? She cried. Uh, I cried a little bit, actually. I'll be yeah. honest. I cried. It was, yeah, it was I mean, it's an emotional thing, man. I mean, it was, it's, it's it, a was big deal. it was very, very beautiful. So, did you and, go to Jared? Uh, Where'd you get the ring? I got it uh, from 
a good ring place in the Atlanta area. It is called Ideal Diamonds. Shout out Ideal Diamonds. Uh, my boy, Tomer. He hooked it up great. And, you know, I'll tell you, like, I got this recommendation from from a good buddy. And, I mean, it, it, it pays to go sit down. Uh, for anybody looking to do this, go and sit down and have a consultation with someone who really knows what they're talking about. Because they were talking about, you know, the the shape and the cut. Yeah, the three C's, like a, cut clarity and something else. I mean, I yeah. just, I feel like, I mean, buying, obviously it's a, it's a big expense, you know, whatever right. your your budget might be. But, oh, absolutely. you know, I, I, I think that there are some unscrupulous vendors out there and we were fortunate and that the guy we went to was a total professional. I mean, a, a friend recommended it. So I, you know, I obviously took the recommendation at that, but he was a total professional very knowledgeable um, about the whole process, walked us through it. And I mean, it was, it was, it was a fun process doing it. And so that was kind of, we did that uh, over Labor Day. And so like, obviously Sweet Dana knew it was coming. Um, But then, you know, actually getting it done was, uh, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a memory I'll have the rest of my life. Were you like, Hey buddy, do you have any like blood diamonds in the back that are like 16 carats? Just the bloodiest diamonds. I'll tell you what, you know, from the, from the most conflicted minds, uh, across the world, I want the the, the biggest rock. No, I, I I kid. It was a it was a well sourced diamond, I would imagine. So but you a, you bought a, into like the really investigating like what to get and that kind of stuff. Like I know some people yeah. like, buy books on that, and they're like, you you. I, 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 I didn't say I went that far, yeah. um, but I did. You got to dot your eyes and cross your t's and and really do your research. And I'll tell you one thing that is very important for all you uh, lucky. Uh, Lucky guys out there looking to uh, to buy a turn your turn your sweetheart into a fiance soon. You gotta make sure you get the insurance on the ring. It's really not that much. You can get a rider added to like an existing renters or homeowners insurance policy, and like it really gives you peace of mind because you know, God forbid, you know, I'm getting nervous and I pull the ring out and it flies off into the river or somebody snatches it out of my hand. You know, I'm out a pretty penny. Right. But, so that's that's definitely one thing to keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is that so if it's like they can basically tell, I think, from how they place it, if it was like pulled out by you guys or it just fell out. or something Yeah. Like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what so, so they knew what they were doing. But it should be it should be fun times ahead. I'm uh, I'm very excited. But Ganoush, we got to get down to uh, down to facts here. We got to talk about that. Unfortunately, abysmal performance. By our Georgia Bulldogs this fr- this Saturday. I mean, the mailman, he's not delivering right now. He's just not. No, he he's not. He's got to play like he did against Auburn. If if we have any chance against Florida, if Florida doesn't I mean, beat us this year, he opened up his five point favorite six and a half, Florida and then it moved saw. to three and a half. Yeah, the ninety one percent of the money's gone to Florida. Oh man, yeah. I just I worry about. I mean. You see Justin Fields playing every week. I think he's only had like three incompletions all season. And it's just like we get stuck with Stetson Bennett. And Stetson, if you're listening to the pod, we'd love you to come on and defend yourself. But like you're clearly just not as good as Justin Fields. So like maybe you can get that good in the next couple days so that we can beat Florida. But like it's not looking too good right now. Yeah, it's not. You know, JT Daniels, who is a – hyped up five-star transfer from USC. He's actually taking reps with the practice squad right now. And Dwan Mathis is still making his case, but you know, he looked terrible the first game of the season. My thinking is 
this if Florida's going to beat us, beat Kirby and beat us, this is the year they're going to do it. If they don't do it this year, then it's it's just never going to happen under the Dan Mullen. Um, do you see Dan Mullen got fined like twenty five k for being like a total jackass? Yeah, like he and then is. he showed up to uh, the press conference wearing a Darth Vader outfit because he deep throats lightsabers all the time. So you know. <laughs> of course, um, yes, he is like the quintessential. He could be like Professor Chaos from South Park, and then like. Kyle Trask could be General Disarray. And it's just like two of the evilest people in the in the Legion of Dead. I just think of Dan Mullen as just such a dweeb. That's the only word I can think of when I think I mean he's a giant dweeb. He is just a dweeb, man. I mean, doesn't his wife make out with every player before they get on the bus? Yeah. Too? That that was the she gives him a nice little smooch on the cheek, and that's what that's what got the COVID spread around the uh the gators. You know, <laughs> we we're trying to practice social distancing, Mrs. Mullen. And she just we keeps making out our players. favorite. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, speaking of COVID, I mean, I'm sure we all saw the news about what happened to Trevor Lawrence. They got a big game coming up this week against Notre Dame. Ganoush, you got any insight on what's going on there? And and really, he's got to be falling from that sort of number one undisputed Heisman candidate after missing two games. Yeah, I don't think he's going to win the – well, he could still win the Heisman technically because – they, you know, they played. They played seven games in Notre Dame. I mean, in uh, Ohio State, they played two right now. It's crazy to see, you know, Alabama one, Clemson two, or vice versa, and then Ohio State three at two and zero, and the rest are seven and zero and six and zero. It's nuts. And then like the Pac twelve starts today, and people were making a case like, oh, Oregon can can get it. Yeah, you. I saw some of that. They're trying to say USC is going to be good this year. I know they got some good recruits coming in next year, but uh, I just don't see it. Yeah, you know, I'll backtrack a little on what I said because I, you know, I did make the argument that if Oregon went undefeated, you know, the Big Twelve they're done pretty much. There's no one coming in from there, so you're looking at if we fall out, Florida gets, you know, let's say if we lose Saturday, which God I hope doesn't happen, and Florida plays Alabama, Florida's going to get spanked by Alabama. So you get one team from the SEC, and Texas A&M can't really make a case, man. They got absolutely destroyed by Alabama. I don't see them, you know, getting in. So, and then you've got a house. I'll tell you, Mac Jones, he has got to be on people's radar for a Heisen watch. I mean, I feel like every single game he throws like five touchdowns. Right. It's incredible. Right. And so the thing is, this Notre Dame Clemson game, it might not even mean anything this this weekend because, and hear me out, is is because if Clemson, let's say they, even if they win, it's a close game, which it will be if, if, since Trevor Lawrence isn't playing, I'm assuming if the Clemson does win, it won't be by much. Uh, Notre Dame could still sneak in there because yeah. I swear they're always in you contention know? and they're always so overrated. I mean, I get the whole Newt Rockney inventing the forward pass. They do have a strong defense this year, a hundred years, but like it's just, it's not. I mean, Ganoush, you and I were right together when the dogs stormed into South right, End right. and put a whooping down on the fight in Irish. Yeah. So we, we know that we're the better program, but again, you know, the. The pundits at B, and also they have the TV deal with NBC, and you know they're the they're the team of America's Catholics, and you know that's always a big draw. So I mean, I get the the national coverage of them, but I just feel like every year they're overrated. But to your point, their defense is notably better. Yeah, Kirk Herbstreit came out yesterday, and I rightfully so uh, said Alabama one, Clemson two, Ohio State three, Georgia four, and and then you know yeah. then he had like Notre Dame five, and I believe six was like Florida or or Cincinnati, someone like that. And it was, you know, I, I agree with them. I think that's that's correct. The the issue we're going to see this Saturday when the dogs take on the Gators is 
Richard LeCount, I don't know if you heard, he was in that motorcycle I accident. I did. I did. Thoughts and prayers yeah. to, uh, to Richard He's LeCount. lucky he uh, not... makes a recovery. You know, his mom said if he wasn't wearing that helmet, he would have died. So, Thank uh, God he was. I mean, those yeah. things are scary, so thank God he was Right. He helmet. came back his, his senior year to, you know, lead us to a natty. And, I mean, you got to feel awful for the guy because he's so good. I mean, he's been – he has most interceptions on our team. The guy's the heart and soul of our defense. You know, obviously him and Monty Rice and – Aziz Ojolari, uh, you know, it's, they're like irreplaceable. Now, yeah. Jordan Davis being hurt is not going to help. And then Julian Rochester tore, tore his ACL. And then we got Lewis Sime with an ankle injury. We're, we're, we're banged up on defense. We're, we're, we're pretty SOL yeah. on defense. So, so thoughts and prayers to the dogs' defense. Right. I want to switch gears right here, uh, Ganoush, to the big boys of the pros leagues. I don't know if you caught either the Sunday or the Monday night game this week, but, man, those were two weak games. Number one. Carson Wentz might be the worst quarterback in the history of football. Uh, that's probably an overreaction. The worst quarterback, I made it up this weekend. It was Josh Darnold, who is a, a hybrid of Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold, who can barely throw a pass. So he's the worst. But Carson Wentz had a god-awful performance on Sunday night, despite the fact that they ended up winning against Ben Denomino Nucci of the Cowboys. I mean, their offense is just anemic at this right. point. And then the Giants almost beating the Bucks last night. I mean, that's a bad look for Tom Terrific and the and the Buccaneers. Yeah, speaking about making out with players, you know, Tom makes out with his son, and he was banging his helmet on the sidelines, seeing like how. Oh God, I just Grant got you know, me I, some I, fantasy I, points. So finally, I'll I'll take that, man. You know, I, I I the Buccaneers are. I think the NFC NFC is just not as good as the AFC this year. I think it's, it's not. I think the AFC. You got I mean, the you really, Steelers. You got the, you Seahawks. Got the, the, the Seahawks are an elite team, right? The Seahawks are solid. Yeah, I, I think that. It's, I mean, whoever comes out of the AFC is going to win it. In my opinion, I mean, I think it's possible that the team that wins the NFC East could have like six total wins. I mean, nobody wants to win in that division, and they're all. I mean, you've got the football team that. I mean, they don't even have a team name right. at this point. They're just the football team. And then between the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles, I mean, it's just they're 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 abysmal. Yeah. Well, what do you think of the Falcons? Are you uh, still wanting them to keep winning? Or oh man, you know it's hard. I mean, I'm a diehard Birds fan. Have been. Shout out to to my Birds fans out there. And you know, you're always happy to see them win, particularly when it's against the division rival. You know, I will say. If we had the choice between getting the first pick and beating the fuck out of the Saints in one of the games, I would pick beating the fuck out of the Saints just because I hate the Saints. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I know this is kind of getting to be more of a medium take. So you Falcons fans out there can hit me in the comments with this, come back to me with it. But I think it's time for a rebuild. We got rid of Dan Quinn. We got rid of Dimitrov. I think we got to get rid of Matty Ice and Julio Jones. I love them. I mean, they're two of my favorite Falcons of all time, but like, we're not going to win with this core group of people. I mean, even with the coaching change. So try to get some value out of it. Where, where would really you ideally trade them to and what would you get is my question. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I agree with you. I think we get, we got to tank and get. Well, you're Trevor obviously Lawrence. not going to get them in a pat. You're, you're not going to get them in a package deal. Right. Like, right. I think you could definitely get, you know, I mean, and again, there's, there's a big hit on the cap space too. So that's, that's a, that's something to look at. You know, I, I'm certain you could probably get a couple first round picks. I think that for the two of them, you John know, John Elway loves himself an old quarterback who was once good. And Ooh, I, yeah, Matt I Ryan, like would, that. right? I mean, John Elway just he loves being the greatest Bronco of all time. So he's never going to put yeah. a guy like Trevor Lawrence in that. He's, 
Well, he's he's never going to actually get a good right. Exactly. So he's going to get. He'll be the favorite. He's just going to keep drafting guys in the fourth round and getting and trading for guys like Joe Flacco and Peyton Manning who can barely walk when you know he's he got him in that late stages. Yeah. That Denver Broncos defense that won it when Peyton Manning was there was just so stout. Uh, well, uh, I, I think Julio. They they were talking about like a couple landing destinations for him. I mean, you know, you brought up Carson Wentz. They were they were mentioned the Eagles. I saw that. They were talking about the Raiders, which the Raiders need a pass rush. They don't need really wide receivers. They've got, you know, I guess they got Jer- uh, what's his name, Ruggs. He's he's good. He's yeah, a little bit banged up. I think they kind of need a quarterback too, man. With Derek Carr, I don't think he's that great either. I don't think he's so just middle yeah, of the road. Like yeah. he kind of reminds me of how Andy Dalton was right. like five years That's ago. You know, like yeah. serviceable. You know, maybe gets it done, but like. He'll be a backup. In Absolutely, five years, yeah. You know? That's a really good – He's certainly better than his uh, brother, David Carr, first overall oh, pick yeah. to be then expansion Houston Texans only to be like a clipboard Jesus. And now I think like a JV football coach and PE teacher at some school in California. So so T's and P's to you, uh, David Carr. Yeah, I'll tell you who, um, who I, I've actually liked watching, enjoyed watching is uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I, I mean, I think they're – Oh, my God. They've been yeah, fun. they have. They've been fun. I like uh, – And, man – I'll tell you, they got the steal of the century when they traded uh, uh, David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. I, know. I mean, he is one of the best wide receivers in the league. I mean, no wonder Bill O'Brien got fired from the Texans. But like that was. Do you think Hopkins is better than Julio? Oh, man, it's hard to say. I mean, I know I'm inherently biased, but if I had to objectively say it, yeah. And I mean, Kyler Murray's such a fun quarterback to watch play that like the two of those just make some sweet music out there. And then you've got the tried and trusted Larry Fitz. I don't know if you caught, it was the Sunday night game two weeks ago when they played the Seahawks and they ended up winning on that last second field goal. But like, I think the Seahawks should play every game on Sunday night primetime because they're always fantastic games. Yeah. I I think the top five wide receivers right now in the league would go Julio, DeAndre, DK Metcalf. He is. I mean, that guy, did you see him chase down? uh, I guess it was against the Cardinals. That was one of the he is so who did fast. that one Yeah, time, chased down Buda six. Baker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a stud. All right, so you've got you've got uh, you've got Hopkins, Julio, DK. Who are your other two? You know, I'm not going to go like as far as production wise. I do think Mike Evans has still got to be in the mix. I think he's a freaking animal he's when he's healthy. He just has been banged up. Um, and then five. Oh gosh. Oh, I don't know, man. I there's. We can come back. Yeah, we can that's come back tough. We'll, we'll, we'll there's a lot of guys you can put in that five spot. I mean, it's you know. Well, that's uh, that's some some good NFL talk uh, right now. Uh, uh, coming up in just a bit, we've got a great interview with a with a good friend of ours, uh, CEO of Top Tree Herbs, a Kratom company. You're not going to want to uh, miss that. So stay tuned. Coming up, uh, coming up in just a bit. And welcome back to Per My Last Email. Uh, Iron Mike, Papa Ganoush here. We got a very uh, special guest with us today. The founder of Top Tree Herbs, a Kratom tea company based in Denver, Colorado. My good friend, Samuel Weber. Sam, I'm going to turn it over to you. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your product and then we'll get into some Q&A. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me tonight. I'm excited to chat. So I'll just give a basic overview of Kratom, and then we can kind of get into the company. 
but kratom is a tree in the coffee family from Southeast Asia that people use the leaves for energy in low amounts and then for pain relief in high amounts. And it's, it's just a really interesting plant because the, the alkaloids that give the effect are unique to kratom. And it really didn't make it to the U.S. until the 2000s. So it's just a super interesting uh, industry that's kind of blowing up right now. Very nice. Now, uh, I want to give our uh, listeners a little bit of background. Uh, Sam recently started his own company. Before that, worked at a cannabis startup uh, in Denver. And then before that, graduated from uh, Columbia about two or three years ago. Um, You know, obviously, you know, coming, you're still pretty young out of school. Um, You know, you worked at a startup before this. Um, You know, what really was the impetus for you to want to go out and start your own company versus working with a more established name for, for longer? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Cause I know that a lot of people uh, think about doing their own business, but from when I talk to people, the, um, the thing that I always hear is that people just don't have anything that they are passionate enough about to make it worthwhile. And I think that's kind of the inroads for me because I decided to go into the cannabis industry my t- towards the end of college. And because there weren't, you know, big established firms, any institutional players at that point, I was kind of already subscribing to an entrepreneurial path. And then when I went to the startup, uh, we got, so we got, we closed um, 2 million in seed, seed funding shortly after I got there. And so the last year and a half before I started Top Tree was a lot of exciting growth and getting real world experience building out. I was, I was the marketing director. So building out marketing department, marketing channels, getting all the materials and, you know, building out a client list, email list, the whole nine. And through that process, I learned enough that I felt comfortable doing it myself. And so towards the end of COVID when things were slowing down, I thought it was a good opportunity or good time to, uh, to leave the startup where I wasn't leaving them in a bad place. And then I saw Kratom as an opportunity. So I made the jump uh, kind of as a continuation of the path I was, I was on. Very nice. So Sam, obviously you were in the cannabis industry and your Kratom is kind of similar to coffee, but can you kind of describe the, to our listeners, the feeling you get from drinking Kratom tea? Because, you know, what's the difference between them going to get like a venti Americana versus like Kratom tea? What, what kind of feelings would they get? Uh, long-term and short-term and all that, you know, walk us through that. Yeah, definitely. So there's, uh, because it's a new industry and there haven't been a ton of research on it, one of the problems is that there's a lot of variation in the product quality. So a lot of people, when you, if you actually ask them, they may have tried Kratom at some random point over the past few years. And a lot of times they had a bad experience with it because they ate powder of unknown origin, unknown treatment process, but for people that are using high quality kratom, um, the effects are very subtle. So in terms of coffee, it's very similar to coffee in terms of energy. But the main differentiator is that it it's really boosts your mood. So you just feel good. And that's because it operates off your opioid system. So it's the same system in your brain that traditional opioids work off of. It just doesn't bind at that same uh as as intensely as other as those other drugs so you know you're not getting more you're not getting addiction and withdrawal and all those 
sort of thing. So it's a general sense of well-being that it really boosts with some energy and pain relief. Is there any no. like, concern that the DEA kind of has a hard on for not approving it with the FDA and, you know, they banned it as a dietary supplement in 2014 at all? Or are you guys like just trying to do a cleaner version of that? You know, walk us through that, you know, what you're, are you concerned yeah, about so that that's, at all? Yeah. So it's a really interesting subject because it's one of those things that's both bad in the industry and the way it creates well, actually, I'll just back up and tell you what the ruling was. So in 2000, so Kratom made it to the U.S. in the 2000s. It kind of blew up. And then in 2016, the DEA and FDA heard about it. And without doing much rigorous research, they just recommended to Congress to put it on Schedule 1. The, there was subsequently a giant outpouring of activism. So hundreds of thousands of people wrote in, doctors, lawyers, uh, Congress members and the DEA ended up withdrawing their recommendation to place it on schedule one. It was the first time they've ever done that. But since that time, it's just sat in, in kind of legal limbo where it's technically an unapproved, uh, you know, herbal supplement. So it, so the FDA and DEA do not like it. They won't rule on it. So it's just kind of sitting in this, uh, in this gray area. So there is that potential then for down the road it to be on one of these scheduled drugs or is there, has there been any movement on that that you've seen? Yeah. So there's a few countervailing forces. One is that there's a pretty strong activism activist group that is pushing legislation in a number of States to actually, uh, it's called the credit protection act, but to keep it legal. But People don't, and I'm one of them, I don't believe that the FDA will go in that direction because as more research comes out, like there was a research uh, study that was published in the University of Florida last week that was done specifically on Kratom tea, and they found that in animal studies, it was an effective uh, at stopping opioid withdrawals. So I think that as research continues, it will support the case for this being a uh, illegal beneficial herb. And then the other thing is that this was the first time that the DEA has ever withdrawn their recommendations. So short of something, you know, disastrous happening, I don't think that they're, they're going to want to go through that process again, only to be unsuccessful in the end. How's it taste? Yeah, yeah. Is it taste good? Oh, no, it's horrible. It's horrible? <laughs> so that's, are, that's one of my... Is that concerning? Are you guys going to make flavors? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, so so there's it's about a billion dollar market in the U.S. There's five to fifteen million users. About a quarter of those use tea. So we started Top Tree on the premise that people who are already drinking tea will like the taste. But so far, it's kind of a fifty-fifty between people liking it. It's just super bitter. But yeah, that's one of the things we're working on every day with different tests and recipes. And you know, we have a recipe book coming out, and so it's definitely part of the mission. Of figuring out how to make a tea product that's actually great. Now, uh, Sam, to that effective. to that point, you know, you mentioned it being a pretty niche market. How best have you found going after like client acquisition? I mean, as you do find potentially partnering with, you know, a GNC or a you know a supplemental wellness company. Like, how do you best go about marketing your product? Yeah, it's it's a good question because it's very relevant right now. I read an article uh, today that the the growth of direct to consumer businesses in the COVID era has just been tremendous, but 
So really our, our, our customer acquisition model is based on first being able to be found. So that's SEO and that kind of comes through content. So a lot of what we're doing is producing content that will help people who already use Credit MT find us. We are working with some affiliate marketers, you know, some influencers, but the first stage is for any online business is making sure you can be found online. So that's, you know, a lot of writing to make sure we rank for search terms. And then um, we have one, we have one retail store in Tennessee as, as a test store, but, uh, but really now I've, now, now I've heard that for those, the Google ads that you have to, you know, if you see it on the side of Google, when you search something, you got to pay pretty top dollar to get to the, the highest level of those ads. I mean, can you speak to that? Is that part of your strategy at all? Yeah. So that's, that's the art of, uh, of the kind of digital marketing. So it's called keywords. Uh, is what you look for, but there's a lot of tools where you do keyword searches. And what you want to do when you have a new product that's niche is you look at all of the keywords that people are using to find that product. And those tools will rank them by difficulty, both in terms of organic searching and in terms of paid ads. And so the goal is you pick search terms that have low difficulty for ranking in both categories. And if you do that, you can build a pretty lean digital marketing strategy that uh, is always giving you good return on each dollar. Very nice. So Sam, where, where would you ideally see this company in like five years from now? You know, what's your total goal of you know, building it? Are you trying to, are you going to expand into cannabis and coffee or are you just sticking straight with Kratom as you know, what's top tree, baby double name. Yeah. Uh, so and the five-year frame is a pretty good window because so we I view this as a premium consumer product, and that that kind of growth trajectory is typically a five-year curve with a lot of the growth happening in the last two years. Uh, so right now our our goal is to get some repeat sales, get some customers in, make sure the product's good. Once once we're there, I'm going to be moving to a, because uh, we still pack in Denver. So we work with different partners, but we're ultimately still shipping out of Denver, which, you know, the goal is to get shipping out of Denver so that we can focus purely on growing the business. And then that will just be expanding the market by, you know, traveling and finding retail stores. But the mission is to have anyone that buys Kratom tea, searches for Kratom tea, want to use Kratom tea, they think of Top Tree. You know, as we build out that model, we can fold in CBD because it's a similar market. And ideally, we'll have a direct-to-consumer channel built through these botanicals so that, you know, when federal legalization happens, we'll have a channel and a customer base that we could sell. Are you going to do hybrids like CBD kratom mix or marijuana kratom mix or, you know, how some people will sprinkle like, you know, weed and tobacco in and make like a spliff or something like that? I don't you know, like walk me through that. I love that. just going to be straight kratom. There we go. We'll call it that. That's the, the spliff brand. Because the chronic uh, coke and weed in a, in a joint. And then, yeah, spliff is, uh, I'm sure our listeners yeah. will correct me on this one. I've been out of the game for a while, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah. So right now, one of the fun things about starting a company is that, is that you can, you know, you plan for the long term, but a lot of what you're doing on the day to day is looking a few feet ahead. So right now we're trying to, I mean, all the attention is focused on getting this product right, making sure it sells. And then I'll look at 
um, you know, cannabis. But right now we're pretty laser focused on, uh, on the product at hand. Now, Sam, you mentioned to me a while back that you've been doing a, a personal MBA. You know, this is where you rather than going the route of a traditional MBA, you're sort of buying the textbook sort of teaching as you go. How has that been? How are you, how do you feel you're learning from that? Are you, are you taking a lot of the principles from that and applying it to your own business? Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, so there's a concept I originally heard from uh, the phrase from Tim Ferriss from back in the day. But uh, when, when COVID started, I just ordered a lot of, uh, you know, all those great business books you hear everyone from like Dale Carnegie's how to win friends to, you know, Peter, all, the whole, the whole gambit. And the nice thing about it is that there's, you have to kind of trudge through some of them, but there's some that do an amazing job of just laying out a roadmap, both for building teams, starting products, you know, goals for new, uh, you know, for new businesses. And so really it was just, it was great because it didn't start as research for business, but as I learned more and saw, you know, saw principles that would be applicable, it, it turned out to be the roadmap. So, I mean, every day I start by picking up the consumer product, good book, checking what I'm doing that day against what they talk about. And so it's, it's, it's extremely helpful. So Sam, I, I don't want to let, let you off the hook or grill you too hard, but I, I still got to, we got to focus on the product here. And, you know, obviously you really believe in Kratom that, that much to where you're, you're going all in on this. And yeah, can, is, is this something you take every day yourself or would you, limit this i mean because I, I know people that drink eight cups of coffee a day would eight cups of crap uh a day would that how would that affect your body yeah so i think we'll get more accurate data in terms of uh in terms of the actual let me back up so there's not there's not human studies like there are for most of the other supplements or anything that people consume right you can abuse anything long- though granted you know what i mean yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like sugar, I drink you know, like people. twenty diet cokes a day, dude. So, so you know, I'm, I'm not preaching well, or anything. No, no. And so the, the way I kind of back. So before I even started this, the I I do take kratom every day. I've been taking it every day for years. But before I wanted to pitch it to anyone else or sell it, I started by downloading all of the science studies that, that have been done to date and reading them and wrapping my head around it. And it pretty much shows that even in long-term cases where they followed people in Thailand and these other places, there really haven't been long-term effects in a negative way. So it's similar to cannabis, I think, in terms of what we'll find as we keep going that different people have different results, but generally speaking, it's pretty safe. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's safe. It's effective. The main thing is that if you're one of those people that wakes up, you feel great, you have no pain, you know, like in your day i don't necessarily recommend going to add something new for no reason but if you know a lot of people that take drugs or they consume a lot of caffeine or they you know all these sort of things that they're just having another tool in the uh in the toolbox to switch out is how i see it so it's always be responsible always use responsibly but it's safe enough that most people can experiment with it without being Concerned would, like would you ever mix it with alcohol or is that like a big no no? Uh, it's a yeah, I, no, because it's kind of like you know, an Irish coffee, like whiskey, and, you know what I mean, and coffee. Yeah, no, they do it in Thailand. There's some drink that they do, but and they, they pour like 
decks in it and yeah. they get all crazy but no no sounds like yeah. that'll uh, lead you to a wild night <laughs> right yeah there, there's actually a lot of uh, there's actually a really big group of kratom users that uh that are alcoholics you know that have stopped drinking and they switched to kratom because it kind of is a mood booster and you know it can be good in social settings yeah but no i, I don't recommend chasing shots with kratom no, right. no sam yeah you mentioned uh you mentioned before this you worked at a startup for about a year and a half and obviously with the the newfangled startup culture you know people are always asking you know what is your biggest takeaway that you learned working in a setting like that i'm sure it was fast paced you got to wear many hats but like i've also heard that working you know for a smaller company can have its challenges so why don't you tell us kind of what you learned and what you took away from that experience yeah so much. I mean, it was an awesome experience. Great team, great company, an awesome mission. I think the uh, the big take it was, it was great because when I came in, I, I found them and reached out to them. They didn't have a specific role. And so I just essentially talked my way in and I started by just helping move equipment between different growers, starting to build out some social media, but but not a ton. But as I took on more of the marketing jobs, it eventually got to the point where I just switched over to that full time. And then there I kept just, I mean, it's literally like, what do CMOs do? You look at all those things and you say, which one are we not doing? And so it was just an amazing opportunity to be able to learn to do things by the book, but in a setting where you know, you, you really can set the yeah. whole project from, from yeah. beginning to end. So that, that's, that's the main takeaway is that if you go there, if you go to a startup, what you're giving up in terms of benefits, you know, salary, ex- being under other experienced people, you gain, I believe, in experience. So uh, you'd, yeah. you'd recommend working for a smaller startup over, say, uh, a bigger, more uh, institutional, well-known firm, or it's just, you know, the, the personal preference? I think it's really, it really comes down to whether you're a self-starter or not. It, because I mean, it very quickly got to the point, even at the start, where we're bringing people in, they just want jobs. So if you're the sort of person that, not even making a value judgment, but you like being told what to do. A startup is not the place to be. Let me ask you this, Dan. Have you guys, what are your, your thoughts on like, you know, we're kind of good off top here, approaching like influencers on social media to market this stuff. Is that, are you guys too early in the game to do that? Because, you know, I've seen some energy drinks by Instagram models who I used to follow before I met my beautiful girlfriend, of course, who's listening to this podcast <laughs> uh, that, uh, you know, uh, promote, energy drinks right so if you had let's say like a big wig i mean dan bilzerian promotes you know he's got his own weed brand um no free advertising and he lost 50 and he lost 50 million dollars last yeah, year. yeah i heard if about can, that if i can go if i can go public for a clean 100 million i'll get a i'll get an army of thoughts yeah so that's what i'm saying do you think it's it's that is that like a good you know is that marketing in 2020 is that like how, you, how people go about no, it so no, so I mean, really all marketing starts, so I, I think it, it's called integrated marketing, but where you try to align all of your messaging across platforms and consumer experiences all together to create a brand. And, and the power of the brand is that people want to work with you. So we've actually already started working with some influencers and that's because our content 
is good and they're interested in what we're doing. So, so I really do think it's, it starts with understanding what your brand is, putting out that sort of content. And then when you reach out to people, influencers, if you're just going to pay them like Dan Balzerian does, right. that's one thing. But if you actually want to create a, a, a movement and have people that are really helping you and understand, then it, it comes back to you dictating what the brand is and actually backing it up with great products and, and great messaging and great images. It's pretty Here. wild. I think Kylie Jenner gets paid like $500,000 per Instagram post or something nutty like that. I mean, all those, you know, big, big time. I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know, if you have 200 million followers, I mean, that's such a direct way to target and market to people. And that's really what social media has gotten so good about, you know, recently is just being able to get all this targeted marketing directly to people. You know, it's classic Jeff Bezos and Mark Cuckerberg just watching over us 24 seven. But I mean, it really, it really is like, you know, you'll search for one thing and the next thing you know, you'll be scrolling on your Instagram feed and you'll see that exact thing you were searching for. Exactly. Like what I was, you know, obviously researching crowd and tea and stuff like that. You know, five years from now, when I type that into Google search bar, you know, I guess the goal is for you guys to have a top tree ad on my Netflix. Uh, I mean, it's not Netflix, uh, Instagram, um, you know, scrolling down that page. And stuff, exactly. Right? So we've done some, uh, yeah, we've done some clever, we've gotten a few ads through, but Google essentially is aligned with the institutional, with the FDA, DEA, same with the bank. So whenever you have an unapproved herb, it just puts it into a category where... <laughs> God. they'll ban stuff so there's a good chance my our instagram will be cut will be shut down the goal is to you know have well, that brand well guys get go check it site. out while you can it's at top tree <laughs> right for, yeah, exactly. for the potential shutdown that's just so crazy uh, what, they, what they dictate you know i mean I, I also think the dea acts like everybody's just going to be given rim jobs for every single thing in the world <laughs> people do that for coffee that's because the dea is all hank schrader's right. and they're fighting all gustavo frings and sam weber's <laughs> right <laughs> Yep. Uh, right. One more thing before we go, Sammy. I know you're a vor voracious reader. Um, you got any books, magazines you've been reading we recently you want to recommend to our listeners? Absolutely. So most interesting book I read this year is Nassim Taleb's Anti-Fragile. And it's essentially the idea that certain things can get stronger through shocks and through uh, difficulty. And it's an awesome book if you want to uh, learn how to be more resilient. I also love uh, Ramping Your Brand. It's a book all about CPG. I think anyone in a startup should read Jeffrey Moore's Crossing the Gap. And then if anyone's doing art, Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art is a must read. Very nice. Well, thank you for, uh, for those recommendations. Um, Loy, you got any, you got any last follow-ups? No, I, I think what you, what you guys got going on, it sounds great, man. I, I would love to know more about that. I mean, is there a website we could direct our uh, listeners to, you know, to start? Or, or you, and you guys said you don't have social media just yet, right? No, we have social media. It's beautiful. It's popping. Go follow us. It our is. I follow is, them. They put out some great content. Our website is www.toptreeherbs.com. And we have a code up for you guys. So per my last email, 15, we'll give you 15% off an order. Wow. Very nice. We'll, uh, we'll have to go, uh, we'll have to go order there too. And then you're, you're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, all the rest, right? That's right. 
Very nice. Well, Sam, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Best of luck. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll check in with you, you know, six months, six, 12 months from now, you could be listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, who Sam, knows? I can't wait to see you on Shark Tank. Oh, yeah. And then you tell them, no, man, the offer wasn't good enough or something like that, man. <laughs> I love it. Awesome, guys. Appreciate All it. All right, buddy. Later. Take care. All right, bye. And welcome back to per my last email. Boy, Ganoush, that was a really fun interview we just had with our buddy Sam. I'm really glad we got to learn more about the Kratom industry. And Top Tree Herbs just sounds like a really top-notch company. Yeah, and I, I'm going to take advantage of that 15% discount that he's offering on his site and his uh, social media platforms. Yeah, I mean, it was really cool just to get to learn about something that I really had no idea about what it was before. You know, that plus being able to start your own business. I mean, it was really... Really a fun chat, and uh, definitely hope to have him on again uh, in the future sometime. He's he's a sharp guy, so I just wanted to quiz him on a couple things with uh, the Kratom tea just to see where his head's at as far as, you know, with the DEA and stuff. So I think he gave some great answers, and, you know, I'm definitely interested in uh, going to try it out for myself just to, you know, see the difference between that and coffee, I think. Exactly. That's, uh, yeah. for our listeners, again, that's Top Tree Herbs. Check them out on Instagram. They got a great uh, webpage. Yeah, check them out. All right, let's get to some uh, segments here right quick. Uh, you know, we might be a little premature in doing this, but Thanksgiving is only a couple of weeks away. I know everybody's looking forward to stuffing their face and watching the Lions lose haplessly every year, year after year. Uh, but Ganoush, I wanted to get some info from you. Shot out of a cannon three of your favorite foods for Thanksgiving go. So I got to go with honey baked ham. You know, I'm a big honey baked ham. I think Turkey's dry personally. Uh, you know, I just, it's not for me. Uh, everybody loves turkey. Re- really. I mean, like, I-, I guess like the, you know, the, the Thanksgiving Turkey is pretty dry, but like, I guess it's different, you know, when you put it on a sandwich, you know, add a little, you know, Swiss cheese and mayonnaise, something like that. But yeah, I do see the, I do see the Thanksgiving turkey being a little dry. Leftover day uh, Thanksgiving sandwiches are really good too. Yeah, if you make like a turkey and like ham sandwich with like a little bit of mayo on there and like uh, heat it up, oh, it's really good. Make a little flatbread out of there. That's that's quality. Uh, number two, I gotta go stuffing man with uh, a little bit of sausage in there. My mom makes some spicy stuffing that's like really really good, um, and I just probably put that like a quarter of my plate in stuffing right oh, there. Oh yeah, that's good. And then I have uh, one of my cousins makes like this amazing like jalapeno cornbread that was just ooh that'd be tasty. Yeah, so I, I would put that up there. But I do really like Thanksgiving desserts as well. But oh, what, let's what, hear some Thanksgiving desserts. Whew, I mean, how do you not like apple pie and ice cream, dude? You know so, what I mean? Yeah. And pu- pumpkin. I'm not a big pumpkin pie guy. Are you a big pumpkin pie guy? Not really. I mean, I feel like it's it's weird because that's like the the Halloween is the October thing and. They're the right. pumpkin guys, you know. I feel like they're they're before, but but yeah, no, I'm not not a big, but apple pie, oh, that's that's some tasty pie. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to watching football and being stuffed and seeing my little cousins like beat the shit out of each other on the carpet. That's while always we fun. Just watch the Lions lose again and again and again. For I mean, you got to feel for Matty Stafford. I mean, you know, right. he's a damn good dog, but <laughs> you know, he's just got to have the worst memories about Thanksgiving. Yeah, and he never gets to eat any of the turkey on the sidelines. I mean, do you think he even gets to eat Right, turkey? he's never had, like, the, you know, fox that give, like, the turkey stick. Like, I don't know if he's ever had that. And I bet in the first couple seasons, too, like, they didn't plan it accordingly, and he had to eat, like, 
leftover turkey or something like that? Or do you think they waited at it afterwards? I don't know. We I don't even it. know. They probably just like gave him the most leftovers of leftovers and he was like stuck underneath the stadium, like forced to eat it alone. It was a very right. sad Thanksgiving. Yeah. With his hundred million dollar contract. Right, exactly. Sucks to be him. What are you what are your top three? All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna copy you on one of them. It's gotta be stuffing. I mean, I really think that, like, if I could eat stuffing for every meal, if it were socially acceptable, I would. You know, like, stuffing, it's crazy. You know, like, it only is associated with Thanksgiving, but it's so goddamn good. It is so tasty. Uh, Number two, I'm going to go with green bean casserole. My mom makes a fantastic green bean casserole. Uh, Put a little of that crinkly stuff on top of it. You know, maybe maybe mix some more fixins in with it. Maybe put it with some stuffing. And, I mean, just a a super tasty one just to grab, you know, a bunch of scoops full when – when you're watching your football. And the last one I'm going to go with just traditional mashed potatoes and gravy, uh, you know, maybe some of the juice that comes out of the turkey. Like that's always just, just so tasty, but it seems like a year away that it's going to be Thanksgiving. But before we know it, you know, we're all going to be stuffing our faces and yelling at the TV screens and hopefully doing it in a, in a safe and respectfully socially distant manner. Yeah. Just get tested before. And if you don't have it, then you can hug your loved ones and have a great time. I don't listen to this fear-mongering bs that you can't do anything if everybody gets tested then it shouldn't be a problem you know what i mean that's that's all you got to do honestly use logic definitely um all right switching gears here um today november the third is the 63rd birthday of actor and total movie hunk uh dolph lundgren uh the star of rocky four uh just a great actor real beefcake and it got me to thinking ganoush Let's name a couple of other your favorite just Hollywood hunks. Uh, I'll start. Number one for me, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, he fought Dolph Lundgren in Rocky Four, as I said. Just a, just a good John Rambo, you know, real, real kind of American guy. You know, something you, you know, someone you could cut, you know, chiseled diamonds off of his chest. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with Chris Pratt. He's got the, he's got the funny, the Star-Lord aspect, you know, the, the, the Marvel movies. It's also great in Parks and Rec. That was super funny and I mean, obviously, he's a really bankable star now with the Jurassic Park movies and, and whatnot going forward. And then keeping it classy for the third one, going Leo DiCaprio. But I'm going to go older Leo DiCaprio, you know, like DiCaprio past, you know, 2010. So maybe a little Wolf of Wall Street, Leo DiCaprio, you know, even The Revenant, where he was very gritty in that one. So what about on your end, Ganoush? What do you got? I mean... R.I.P. to the goat, Sean Connery. Doctor oh, No. God. I mean, that what, what the greatest Bond who ever lived. He's got to be my number one. Just suave, awesome guy. I mean, the, he killed the. Uh, he walked into the the Bond audition and like they watched him walk out on the street just to see how cool he was. They like they literally looked out the window to watch him. Uh, you know, Ninety years is a long life, so you know, the, what a what a legend. You know what I mean? Uh, I, so I'd put him at one. Number two has got to be Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. Uh, you know, he just had surgery, I saw. Um, I hope he's okay. It was like some kind of something in his chest or something like that. But he looked good, and he gave the thumbs up to the camera in the picture I saw. Oh, uh, there Twitter, we go. So, yeah. so that's good. He is hard, like a uh, Terminator, man. You know what I mean? So I, that jingle all the way. He's got so many classics. Predator. Uh, I could quote, make so many Arnold quotes. Uh, he was in Batman and Robin, which we talked about in like our second podcast. The dude's a legend. Uh, and then number three, 
You already said Sly, so I'm gonna go with Mel Gibson in uh, Lethal Weapon back in those days. That was a good he one. Was... That was before like super crazy Mel Gibson, right? Before he started just slinging anti-Semitic remarks and getting wasted and driving around the highway. But you know, he was he was a legend in the '90s and the '80s. So I got you know with Braveheart and all that, uh, he was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to go with uh, definitely top of my list, uh, Sir Sean Connery. Let me correct myself because he, yeah. you know, he's just the goat. All right, Sean. All right, last uh, last segment here. You know, we've obviously all made outlandish predictions a lot of times that have not really become true. But I think you and I have come up with a couple of ones that are really kind of out there in terms of the most freezing cold of takes to take the name from a great Instagram account. Highly recommend you give them a follow. That's at freezing cold takes. So, Ganoush, I want to hear from you first. Three just super freezing bottom of the barrel takes. Go. In 1995, the founder of 3Com, Robert Metcalf, said the following, I predict the internet will soon go spectacularly supernova and in 1996, catastrophically collapse. Robert did say he, he did say he'd eat his words if he was wrong. So at a conference in 97, he literally put the article in a food processor and ate it. <laughs> got to give him that. That's fine. Uh, that's got to be my, uh, probably my first. Uh, I know that, uh, uh, the, with the Y2, I mean, the Y2K bug, I mean, that, that's that got to be, everybody thinking that that was like the end of days and nothing yeah. really happened. That's That's got to be a freezing cold take. Um, and then there's like, in 2005, the, the co-owner of uh, YouTube, Steve Chen, said that uh, there's just not that many videos I want to watch. He, he was not that confident about YouTube. <laughs> and then he sold it to Google for like $1.6 billion. Oh, it's got to be a, a nice nice penny to make. But, yeah, I feel like he'd have held on to that one. He could have been. I mean, YouTube, like, runs the internet. So Those are recent um, ones. I mean, there's great ones from, like, the nineteen hundred, like the, like, the late 1800s. So, so I've, I've, got a, I've got a couple here. Uh, yeah. First one, and it's that great photo of Harry Truman holding up the newspaper that says Dewey defeats Truman. And clearly that was a freezing cold day because oh, yeah. Truman won that election. Right. Uh, number two. Uh, any tweets or mentions, and I hate to do this to my Falcons fans, but when we were up in the Super Bowl of people saying that, wow, the Falcons got this one, 28-3, unfortunately that was a freezing cold take. Got to own that one as a Falcons fan. And then the third one I got, uh, so back in the early 80s when Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak started Apple, there was a third investor, and he invested, I think, like $50,000 in the company. But he asked for his money back. And had he kept the $50,000 in Apple, it would have been worth something like 10 or $15 billion. So, like, the fact that it was, you know, like, kind of what you said with the YouTube one earlier, just, and it's impossible to have foresight like that. But obviously going back, you know. Well, that's, you know, that's the thing is I don't want to get too dark, but, like, the, the creator of Victoria's Secret, that guy sold Victoria's Secret for, like, a million dollars. And now it's worth, like, billions or right. close to it, right? He or jumped like off the Golden Gate Bridge. McDonald's, like sold it to Ray Kroc for like a show. Oh yeah, like, well he Ray Ray Kroc took it from him basically, and you know he he the way he franchised it and he used it as real estate. But the I know the owner of uh, the creator of Victoria's Secret, he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and died. Or the uh, or the Indians, you know, who sold Manhattan to you know the the Europeans for like twenty four dollars in trinkets. That was that was a Louisiana purchase. Too. Yeah, that's a good and one too. Go on we back and forth. Alaska, you know, we God, we made some great trade deals. America's made some pretty good real estate deals. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give them credit. All right, Ganoush. Well, I believe that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, tune in next time. We're going to have a great guest uh, coming up. 
Uh, but until then, make sure to check your spam folder because we are per my last email. Thanks, guys.